last week. Um, if we can open our Bibles quickly to the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and we're reading from verses, um, from verses 12 to 17. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, from verses 12 to 17. Praise God. Are we all there? Praise the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. In our usual way, can we please read audibly and as we read, one to go. For we do not commend ourselves again to you, but give you opportunity to boast on our behalf, that you may have an answer for those who boast in appearance and not in heart. For if we are beside ourselves, it is for God. Or if we are of sound mind, it is for you. For the love of Christ compels us because we judged us that if one died for all, then all died. And he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. Therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh, even though we have known Christ according to the flesh. Yet now we know him thus no more, no longer. Verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. May the Lord read the word in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Okay, and so for those who are writing this morning or those who are watching us online, this happens to be a very first Sunday in the place of victory. Um, our theme of this month is our month of new beginnings. And in the light of examining what it means to begin new or for new beginnings, we begin to look at, we began to look at the subject of the new creation realities. Praise God. And so we're carrying on from the part two of where we left off last week. Praise the Lord. And I trust that the Lord would help me even as I minister his word in Jesus mighty name. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. So just to give a brief recap of what we were speaking about last week. I began to share that the fact that, you know, um, if there's anything that God desires for you and I is that we come into the fullness of the knowledge of who we are in Christ. Mainly because except we are able to walk in that reality, we would always live a short-changed life. And I began to give us that scripture in the book of Psalm chapter 82. The psalmist there was writing from verses 1. I'll try and be quick. And it says that God stands in the question of the mighty, and he judges among gods. And he says, how long will you judge unjustly and show partiality to the wicked? And he says, defend the poor and the fatherless, do justice to the afflicted and the needy, deliver the poor and the needy, free them from the hand of the wicked. Mind you, all these categories of circumstances were everything that Jesus came to die for. Praise God. The Bible said in the book of 7 Corinthians 8 verse 9, it said that for Christ, who was rich, for our sake became poor, that through his poverty, you and I may become rich. Now, someone will read that scripture and only limit it to material riches. Praise God. But if it was only going to be to material riches, then what do you say to someone who has all the money in the world, but yet does not have peace at home? What then do you say to someone who has all the money in the world, but the money cannot buy sound health? What then do you say to someone who has all the money in the world but desires to have their own children but they cannot buy babies? Praise God. And so you begin to realize that the riches in Christ far way 
encompasses all that we can ever need. Hallelujah. But the Bible said that you fail to walk in this reality. Why? In the verse 5, he says, they do not know, nor do they understand. He says, therefore, they walk about in darkness, and all the foundations of the earth are unstable. And he says, and I said, you are gods, and all of you are the children of the Most High. And sadly, he says, but you shall die like men and fall like one of the princes. That is never the design of God. You know, Solomon, in his all wisdom, having seen all, began to write in the book of Ecclesiastes. And he says that, I have seen an error upon the earth. Praise God. And what was that error? He said that what I have seen servants ride on horses. Praise God. And I have seen what the princes walk on bare feet. Ideally, it's not supposed to be so because on an, on a normal environment, the equation is supposed to be that princes ride on horses and servants walk on bare feet. Praise God. But he said that as a result of ignorance, this anomaly is taking place. But that is never the design of God for our lives. And so we began to look at the reality of the new creation. What does it really mean to be a new creation? And I like how the Amplified Version captures this text. Second Corinthians 5 verse 17. And it says, therefore, if anyone, in other words, there is no bias. Anybody is invited. Praise God. The Bible says in the book of Revelation that Jesus said that what? I stand in the door and I knock. In other words, if any man will open, I will come and sup with him. Praise God. In other words, that Christ is making this invitation to anyone. And so Paul here, with the revelation that he had, began to that if anyone is in Christ, that is, grafted in, joined in by faith in him as savior. You see, that word grafted, when you read the book of Romans chapter 11, the Bible said that you and I were of the wild olive branch. Praise God. And what do you do to wild branches? Just for those who do gardening. When you're doing your gardening, what do you do? You preserve that which is good and you trash that which is bad. Praise God. And that's why you call them what? Weeds. Praise God. And the Bible said that you and I belonged what? To the wild olive branch. And so by destiny, we were not even supposed to be in the picture. But as a result of children of Israel disobeying God and God in his benevolence, he said that what? That we have been grafted in. Praise God. And what is the base of us being grafted in? It says that what? By faith in him as savior. So in other words, anyone who is able to accept Jesus as their Lord and personal Savior has been grafted in. And it says this person is a new creature, reborn, renewed by the Holy Spirit. And the old things, the previous moral, spiritual condition have been passed away. Behold, new things have come new. And the part that I love most, it says the reason why this new thing has come is because spiritual awakening, praise God, spiritual awakening brings what? A new life. Praise God. The moment you and I come into that spiritual awakening, we begin to have a new perspective on what God will have you and I do. A good example of this spiritual awakening, praise the Lord, is the story of the prodigal son. Praise God. Because the Bible said that what this boy knew his right in 
as, as, as a child. But he took everything and went to live in, an, in a very erroneous life. But the Bible said that what? When he came to his senses, a spiritual awakening took place. And he said that indeed, even the servants in my father's house, those what? They live far better than how I'm currently living. And therefore, I will return. And so God is saying to someone here that perhaps you're watching me online or you're here on ground and you have deviated from the ways of Christ. God is saying that what? It is okay to return. Praise God. Because the reality of your returning is that what? You are rising to a new life. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. That you're rising to a new life. And I said that what? That the greatest miracle... It's not the sick being healed. Praise God. Now, someone will say, but that's a great miracle. The greatest miracle is not a dead man being risen again. Why do I say this? It's because it is possible for God to raise an unbeliever from the dead, and yet they never accept Jesus as their Lord. Praise the Lord. It is possible that somebody, I mean, all throughout the scriptures, the Bible said that Jesus went about doing good and what? Healing all manner of diseases. Praise God. There, we were never told if those people later became disciples. After all, when you think of the story of the ten lepers, only one came back to be a disciple. Nine went away. And so you realize that if we are going to limit miracles based on the physical or the outward manifestation then we see that there is something wrong with that reasoning that the greatest miracle that can happen to anybody praise god is that what you give your life to christ why because you are guaranteed of eternity praise god you know no matter how hot the sun can be at some point in time evening will come praise god and that's a proof of time and we know for a fact that at some point in time, everybody gathered here will not be here any longer if Jesus tarries. And so you realize that the essence of living is to first and foremost secure what happens next. Praise the Lord. And so the greatest miracle that can ever happen is that somebody who was scheduled for damnation Jesus, by virtue of them accepting him as their Lord and personal Savior, is able to boast and say, I'm no longer going to end up in damnation, but I'm going to spend eternity with God. Hallelujah. And so I said here that the new creation realities is all about the regeneration of the inward man. So it's no longer about outward appearances. Because even Paul said that even though our outward appearance is perishing, our inward man is what is being renewed. Praise the Lord. Our inward man is being renewed. And so I say that, that the new creation realities is all about the inward man and its conformance to the image of Christ. Praise God. That the new creation realities is about how our inward man is able to reflect the image of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Praise God. And I said that, you know, that the proof of this is that when God, when we gave our lives to Christ, the Bible said that what God gave us a proof 
of his deposit in us by giving us the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire the possessions of it to the praise and the glory of God. I'm just trying to fast forward. Praise God. And I ended last week by saying that the Christian work is the journey where the Holy Spirit, this is very key for what I'm going to say today, that the Christian journey or the Christian walk is the walk of the Holy Spirit dealing with our inward man until we begin to look like Christ. Praise God. So therefore, you begin to realize as a Christian, I have given my life to Jesus. So then what now happens next? How am I growing? How is the Holy Spirit dealing with me on a day-to-day -day basis till I become like Jesus? That is the object of our Christian faith. As a matter of fact, when you read the Bible in the book of Acts chapter 4 verse 13, as a result of Peter, James, and John, and all other apostles haven't spent three and a half years with Jesus. The Bible says that what? As a result of how they began to speak. The Bible said that although these men were uneducated, they had no choice but to perceive that these guys must have spent time with Jesus. In other words, they began to talk like him. They began to act like him. They began to reason like him. And now, how much more God himself is dwelling in us and is dealing with us on a day-to-day -day basis praise god you see when you read the book of colossians try to digress a bit you see one of the things that really really amazes me is that paul was sharing that that before the creation of the heaven and the earth that there was a mystery that god hid that was not known to any man and so therefore the apostles of old were not even privileged to this revelation and what is that revelation? Apostle Paul says that what? It is God in you. Praise God. It is God in you. The hope of glory. Praise God. And so the new creation realities here is now digging deep to understand that when God is in me, how is my life supposed to reflect? How am I supposed to live my daily life? Hallelujah. And so I said that the reason why we are looking at the new creation realities is because there is a dominion mandate on my life and your life. Praise God. There is a dominion mandate on my life and your life. You see, when we were worshiping God this morning, and I just felt it burdened in my heart for someone who is thinking in their heart, is there any use for me living? Praise God. That what is the essence of this life? That you consider yourself to be useless. Praise God. You see, I once heard a man of God say something, and he said, Everything God created, he created to solve a problem. Praise God. Every single thing you can imagine that exists was created to solve a problem. I will say it again. Everything that God created, he created to solve a problem. And as a result of that nature, he imparted that nature into man. And so for that reason, everything that exists, exists with the purpose of solving a problem. This microphone, imagine me speaking and you guys could not hear me. So someone in their infinite or finite knowledge considered it worthy to invent a microphone that would amplify my voice. That those who are far away are able to hear. That is solving a problem.
So how much more you, who you consider yourself to be the least in everything, my brother, my sister, whoever you may be, God created you to solve a problem. And so for that reason, there is a dominion mandate hanging on your life. Praise God. There is a dominion mandate hanging on my life. The Bible says that when God created man, the original intent of God for humanity was what? Dominion. And it says here in the book of Genesis 1 verse 26, it says, then God said what? Let us make man in our image. In other words, let man carry our DNA. Let man carry our characteristics, our potential, that indeed that when they begin to exist in this new realm called earth, they would begin to reflect their creator. Because everything that is created reflects the image of the creator. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Everything that is created is created to reflect the image of the creator. And here God said what? Let, according to our likeness, let them have dominion over the earth. Over the fish of the sea, over the beds of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Praise the Lord. So that dominion, dominion is to exercise authority. Praise God. This is why Jesus said, occupy till I come. That occupying is that everywhere that I find myself, I must be able to reflect Jesus in all aspects of my life. That is why I said it two weeks ago that the essence of the gospel is not just to bring us to salvation but is to bring us to the point where we are able to express the kingdom of God over all our surroundings. That if you are doing business and people enter your business place, they experience a dimension of God that I have never seen before. That perhaps you are, you are raising children. When they come in contact with your children, even in their schools, they are saying, these ones are different. Because indeed, you carry a kingdom mandate. That is how, also that unto this earth is filled, unto the kingdom of this world becomes what? The kingdoms of our God. That is what it means to have that dominion. That the essence of our authority is to reflect Christ in all aspects of human existence. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. However, the new creation reality based on this dominion mandate you begin to realize that God has given us everything that we would need for this dominion. Praise the Lord. God at the essence, at the instance of creation had provided everything that man would need. Oh, that's why the Bible said that on the seventh day, God rested. I remember we looked at that two or three weeks ago. That if there was no need or if there was something else for God to create, he would not have rested in the first place. Praise the Lord. And so here the Bible begins to say that, you know, Apostle Peter begins to say, First Peter chapter 2 verse 2 to 4. It says, grace and peace be what? Multiplied to you. Praise God. I would, I, I want us to just meditate on this scripture. It says what? Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. In other words, if you desire grace and peace, the only way it can be multiplied is what? If you possess the knowledge of God and of our Lord Jesus Christ. Praise God. 
Hallelujah. And it says, why is this the case? It says, because his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Praise God. Through what? The knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which he has given to us exceeding and great and precious promises, that through these you may be the partakers of his divine nature. In other words, as Christ was on this earth, that is the command for you and I. Praise God. Until our lives begin to look like Christ, we cannot supposed to stop. Praise God. And that is why Paul was saying that everything that I have gained, I count it all loss. For what? The knowledge of Jesus Christ. Because you understand that the, it says how unsearchable. Praise God. How unsearchable is the wisdom of this God. And so if you make it a lifelong goal to know Jesus, trust me, there is always something new to know. Praise the Lord. If you make it a lifelong ambition that I just want to know this God, there is so much in God to know that even eternity is never enough. Praise God. Hallelujah. And so here it says that what? That God has given us what? These great and precious promises that by virtue of us partaking in them, we are able to do what? Carry that divine nature. Having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So you begin to understand that the assignment of the Holy Spirit, the primary assignment of the Holy Ghost is that what? Is to help us conform to the image of Jesus. That is, the, that is his primary assignment. Nothing else. Because even Jesus was alluding to this fact in John 16. He says, how be it when the spirit of truth shall come, he will not speak of himself. He won't have a different agenda, but when he will come is what? Whatever he hears of the father, he would make known to you. And I said that what? He would guide you into all truth. And so the essence of the Holy Ghost is to begin to help us to understand what is it about this new creation? What is this about the new creation reality? Who am I truly in God? Because until we capture this revelation, until we capture this revelation, I will never stop saying it. We'll be living beyond, below God's expectation. Praise God. Until you truly know who you are. Until you truly know who you are. Like that passage in Psalm 82 that we read. It was saying that what? Deliver the poor and the wicked from the wicked. Deliver the needy that they are dying of hunger and the rest. But the psalmist was saying that but, but you are God's. You are the train of the most high. Ordinarily you should not be living as so. Praise God. Remember I said that the glory of the creator lies in the creation. Praise God. Therefore, if anybody, the, the reason why many people celebrate, Mark, um, celebrate the work of Steve Jobs, for instance, is because you cannot hold an Apple product and not marvel. Praise God. You can, why? Because it reflects the image of the person who created it. So when you look at your life, your life should bring glory to God. Your life should bring honor to God. It's, 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 
it's a sign of disrespect. When we are not living according to God's expectation. It's a sign of disregard for the sacrament of Christ on the cross of Calvary. Because the Bible said what he has called us into glory and virtue. There is something unique about you that people must see that God will be excited about. And so that is what the Holy Spirit is there to do. That you know what? This young lady, this young man, this woman or, or man has given their life to Jesus. Now the Holy Spirit has come in by the Father. And his assignment is now to do what? Let me begin to tutor this person into the way that when God looks upon that person, he will say, yes, I'm proud of this person. That when people will see your life, not just as a way of conduct or moral standard, but by virtue of everything that surrounds you, you reflect the glory of God. Praise God. Hallelujah. When the Bible tells us about this, a person of Solomon, the Bible said that Solomon was so wise and so affluent that even kings were coming to visit. Praise God. And so a rumor had gone out that, in fact, Everything about Solomon's life was so remarkable. And the Bible said that the queen of Sheba, when she heard this rumor, she said, I am going to go and see for myself. Praise God. And the Bible said that when she got to Solomon's palace, she said to Solomon, half of what I have seen is not compared to what was told me. Praise the Lord. At that point in time is God being glorified. Praise the Lord. That indeed God made Solomon. God blessed Solomon. But as a result of someone coming from afar to see that indeed they didn't even tell me the full story. That is when God is most pleased. Praise the Lord. And so you see that what now happens to our lives is that journey. And that's why the Holy Spirit now begins to help us to know who we truly are. That when we look in the mirror, the mirror now not being the object of reflection, but the word of God. The Bible says in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 3, 2 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 18, it says, And all of us, as with unveiled faces, because we continue to behold in the word of God as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord are constantly, constantly what being transfigured into his very image in ever increasing splendor and from one degree of glory to another for those, for this comes from the Lord who is the spirit. Praise God. You see, that's why a man of God said that every born again Christian has an unlimited destiny in Christ. Praise God. There is no limit to where you can get to. This passage validates, it says what? That we into his very own image in an ever increasing splendor from one degree of glory to another. Praise the Lord. There is always higher. There is always better. There is always greater because he who is at work in you is the Holy Spirit and nobody else. That if Jesus was the reflection of the perfect man, then you and I have a journey to belong. Or sorry, a journey to partake of. Praise the Lord. And that is why Paul now, now began to write a letter. A very interesting letter because we begin to understand why Paul wrote his letters. 
The Bible says here that Paul said in the in book of Ephesians chapter 4, it says, and he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors, and some teachers. Why was this body of gifts given to the body of Christ? The Bible says what? For the equipping of the saints. For what? The work of ministry. For the edifying of the body of Christ. Till what? We all come to the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man, to the measure of the fullness of the stature of Christ. Praise God. So in other words, every time you come to church to listen to me or anybody who is preaching, praise God, the essence is that what? That you're something, a deposit is being added unto you. Praise God. That what? Till we all come to the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, a perfect man. Praise God. That is what the Holy Spirit does through men. Praise God. Just like I said, just as it is that the Holy Spirit assignment is to make us conform to the image of Jesus Christ. He does this through the ministry of gifts. Praise God. That is why God gave us this abundance of gifts in the body of Christ. That every time we come to church or we listen to the word of God, we are being deposited with more. That we are being deposited with more virtues, more godly substance, till we all come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. And that is why you begin to understand why Paul was emphasizing greatly on the essence of the new creation. Praise God. No other apostle was this revelation given. Praise God, except Apostle Paul. And he was so adamant on this that you and I must come to the fullness of this knowledge because only then are we able to glorify God. Praise the Lord. And so you begin to see what he says here in the book of Ephesians chapter 1. Paul, I was writing to the church in Ephesus. This was a church that were believers. So in other words, he wasn't writing to unbelievers. And he was trying to make them understand that now that you are now saved, there is more to do in Christ. And he says, blessed be God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has what? Blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And as a result of this, he now says in the verse 15, he says, therefore... After I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, after I heard that you gave your life to Christ. And as a result of this salvation, you also have love for the saints. I do not cease to give thanks for you. Making mention of you in my prayers. Why are you laboring in prayer? He said that what? That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and the revelation in the knowledge of him the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe according to the working of his mighty power this was paul's hunger that i want you guys to begin to walk in the fullness of this knowledge let me give you an example of how paul was living the bible said that paul was going to a city to to preach and as a result of paul being in that boat Praise God. The Bible said that when a raging tempest came upon the sea, that Paul began to pray and all of a sudden, he was able to quiet everyone in the sea and said, 
that everybody on this boat, that no life will be lost but properties. Praise God. That was the knowledge Paul was functioning in. You see, they said, I read a scripture and up until today, I'm still asking God that, Lord, what kind of person was walking in this reality? The Bible tells us in the book of 2 Kings chapter 4, 2 Kings chapter 4, about the Shunammite woman. I read that scripture several times, but of late, my mind has just been bugging on the life of Elisha. Praise God. Elisha asked Elijah that I indeed, I want a double portion of your anointing. And by the grace of God, he received that double portion. Praise God. I'm going somewhere. Now, Jesus tells us in the Gospels that anyone who believes in Jesus Christ is greater. Praise God. Is greater than all the Old Testament prophets combined. Hallelujah. And so, I began to read that passage. Elisha came to the woman or the Shunammite woman. And as a result of her hospitality, she began to tell, Elisha began to ask her, what do you want me to do for you? Praise God. Elisha asked the first question. Do you want me to speak to the king? Influence. Praise God. That this man of God was not only a man of God, but what? He had influence over the king. Praise God. He said, or do you want me to what? Speak to you. Or speak on your behalf to the commander of the army. Praise God. In other words, he not only had access to the king, but also he had audience before the commander of the army. And the, and, um, the servant said, all these things that, sh- that the, you're saying, she has. But there is something missing. Praise God. You see, when you approach men in the natural, and they seem to be okay with the natural, you go to the supernatural. Because that is where the strength of men fail. Praise God. And and the servant said that this woman has all these things, but she does not have a child. And Elisha, that was where my mind blew. That this man was so comfortable and he said, oh, a child is what is missing. Nine months from now, you will have your child. Praise God. That was the dominion that Elisha was walking in. That this woman, everything Elisha needed, Elisha was walking in that reality. Praise God. And so when you begin to look at when Paul was saying that, you know, but that there is more for us in Jesus. You begin to realize that there is more that you and I must labor to enter. Because the reality of it is that we have not even scratched the surface. Praise God. That there is depths in God that you and I must press in to enter. Because then we are able to nullify the boastings of men. That is how God is being glorified. Hallelujah. And so you realize that the essence of the new creation. It now begins to highlight that when you are talking about the new creation. That there are certain characteristics of the new man that you and I must possess. Number one, just for the sake of time. Number one. The new creation possesses a new and a holy and divine nature. Praise God. In other words, you possess the nature of God. The Bible said that as he is, so are we in this world. Praise God. I'm not blaspheming to say that God is in you. Praise God. It is that revelation 
that God hid from the beginning of the, of, of the earth. That what God in you, the hope of glory. Praise God. Number two, the new creation possesses what? Eternal and everlasting life. Praise God. Eternal and everlasting life. I used to only limit this everlasting life to just to, to live unending. Praise God. But you see, there is a lifestyle that comes with everlasting life. Praise God. There is a lifestyle that accompanies the Zoe, the God kind of life. And that is what you and I possess. That no, not only are we going to spend eternity with God, but we are going to exhibit the potentials of God here on the earth. Praise God. Number three, the new creation what possesses the spirit of Christ. And I remember I said this last week, that the Holy Spirit in us is God's proof that he lays claim over everyone that is a child of God. Praise God. Number four is that what we possess the mind of Christ. Therefore, when it comes to being creative, when it comes to having a sound mind, that we have the mind of Christ. Praise God. And number five, that what the new creation in Christ is God's beloved. Praise God. That the father loves you regardless of anything that is why paul was still right i mean all paul's letters was all about trying to make us understand who we are in christ that's the essence of paul's mission praise god because that's why the bible says in the book of romans chapter 8 it says now therefore there is no longer condemnation because that is one thing that limits you and i from coming to this knowledge is that condemnation that we walk in that oh i've done this and for that reason god is angry with me he says now therefore there is no condemnation to them who are in christ jesus for the law of the spirit of life in christ jesus has done what has set me free from the law of sin and death praise the lord praise the lord that is why in conclusion E.W. Kenyon said that the essence of the new creation is this, that he died to make us alive. He was made sin to make us righteous. He became weak to make us strong. He suffered shame to give us glory. He went to hell in order to take us to heaven. He was condemned in order to justify us. He was made sick in order that healing might be ours. He was cast out of the presence of God in order to make us welcome there. That is why a song said that, you know what? I'm a new creation. I'm a brand new man. All things have passed away. I'm born again. More than a conqueror, that's who I am. I'm a new creation. I'm a brand new man. That is the reality that God wants you and I to walk in. That at every point in time, we are able to look at everything. So whatever the challenge may be, regardless of the nature of the challenge, the Bible says that what greater is he that is in you. Praise God. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Hallelujah. You and I must possess this mindset. 
And for that reason, let's just bow our heads even as we pray. That the Lord God himself would help us. Just as Paul prayed and said, I pray that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may what know what is the hope of his glory. That Father, in the name of Jesus, we are asking for open eyes. Just as Elisha prayed and said, Lord, open the eyes of this servant. That Lord, you would open our eyes to see. That no longer are we supposed to ride on horses, but yet we are walking on barefoot. That Lord, we will assume that place on the right hand of the Father, seated with Christ Jesus, and you have put things under our feet. That your name be glorified, O God, in heaven. In Jesus' mighty and matchless name we have prayed. Amen. But the reality of it is that you cannot be a new creation except you accept Jesus as your Lord and your personal Savior. And I would not fail to give this invite. Perhaps you're watching online or perhaps you're here. And you want to rededicate your life to Jesus. Or you want to give your life to Christ. In other words, accept him as your Lord and personal Savior. Why don't you say this with me and say, Lord Jesus, I acknowledge that I'm a sinner. Indeed, I confess my sins before you. Forgive me, O Lord. Cleanse me with your blood. And cause me to walk in the reality of the new creation. Even as I confess you as my Lord and my personal Savior. In Jesus' mighty and matchless name we have prayed. Amen.